0: Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids. And use the promotion code "Off the Blocks" for a 10% discount at checkout. Australia
1: in four, the United States in five. Off, McKenzie at the bottom, stubborn above her, Schlanger in six, then to the
0: yellow lane. Henry.
1: Green start. newell got into the water quickly, but so did Joyce. short of Germany was away. Well, they'll go to the wall
0: altogether. Pick that one, Bloema. In fact, ahead
1: of Manuel and Harris Amenia. What a shot! Peterson stumps her authority on another two hundred goal. Now Henry is starting to come out. Jody Henry of Australia shading Jenny Thompson has taken the lead
0: here. The Australians have only won this race once. It was with Dawn Fraser in 1956. Henry's moving away. She's going to win it for Australia. This has been a remarkable last leg. Jodie Henry is going to bring Australia home for what will be a victory. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. My name is Robbie Cox, your host, joined by... The man himself, Mr. Shannon Rollison, freshly shaved head too. My goodness, look at him go. He's looking slick. He's looking fresh.
1: Shannon, how are you? Good, Robbie. Yourself?
0: Man, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, this, is my, this
1: is my fighting uh, bad bad cop haircut. Ellsworth that- doesn't
0: like it, though. <laughs> well, yeah, this is the thing. We've got to keep the boss happy at home. This is why I keep the beard all the time because as soon as I shave my beard off, my wife's like, oh if i wanted to be married to a 12 year old i would be and then i was like oh all right so then you've got to bring the beard back so just got to watch out shannon you might get in trouble now
1: yeah i said she said where'd you get that i said it's olympics it's up till next year i said yeah i'm getting ready
0: early oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah well a hey, bloody blink and we'll be we'll be at it um things are going very very fast um anyway how's your week been
1: yeah, good. Been a bit busy this week. Um had uh I'm catching up with Bronte today. I caught up Kirsten Thompson was in town yesterday. Yep. Um and uh, it's the first time she's come down and had a look at the program, but we caught up for a couple of hours beforehand. Um and uh what well, I had oh yeah had stuff on monday so yeah pretty busy next week's a lot better but
0: this week i've got things to do yeah things to do is not bad though it keeps you out of trouble eh? i always think that there's depends always <laughs> yeah, 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 well that's true just, just depends if it's costing you money but yeah when i'm busy it's it's good yeah otherwise when you uh, then you start like last night for example i nearly started buying these mats just off online you know they're like uh they they absorb the water really quickly Oh, they yeah. were, they were, mate, they were just looking fantastic and my wife was like what what are you doing how old have you become i said i don't know but look at it, it just looks really good because we've always got like um when you're out the back and then you come inside you know you've always got to put the towel down so you don't you know just like the floorboards or whatever yeah so look at these things but that's what happens when you've got time on your hands and you start looking at i'm looking at try, maybe buying a portable sauna you know those <laughs> saunas have you seen those saunas <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like a uh, a changing room that you'd see see down at the shops. <laughs> it's only about one hundred and thirty bucks, but I keep thinking, I reckon right, we could do one of those and just put it out in the out in the veranda part and yeah, and fall over in a strong breeze, <laughs> yeah, which we just had this week. Actually, I was going to ask you, did you get the? We had a high uh, winds on Friday, Monday night, Tuesday
1: morning. Did you yeah, get that? Yeah, yeah. Not as bad as Sydney, but um, yeah, it's been windy.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, the sauna would have been out on the road. Just the poor old sauna, but yeah, no, um, keeping busy is not a bad thing, um, mate. We haven't touched on this one for a while. What's the lawn looking like? A lawn
1: update. I always have people asking me about your lawn. Oh, okay, yeah, good. It's uh, we had a we had a week of cold weather, you know, um, and so the days were under twenty, and the nights got down to two and three again. I was like, what is going on? Mm. And uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be a hot summer. Everyone was carrying on about, it. but uh, the uh, yeah, when it's over twenty, it's growing and uh, it's it's looking pretty good. Mm. Well, yeah, we keep talking
0: about this bloody global warming and all different things, don't we? And then I don't know every now and then, just things start. Like Tuesday morning, I woke up and it was dead set like uh, I want to say Armageddon type weather, but because it wasn't crazy hot, but it was like thirty degrees and windy and I was like well this isn't surely this isn't good for anything and you could smell smoke in the air too like you could yeah that was like it was like that on Monday Mm. yeah no no it wasn't it wasn't good at all um mate you mentioned um catching up with Bronte how's she come back from her her trip over overseas and the racing over there I can imagine uh as fun as it is and as good as she did it takes a bit of a toll How, how does she come back on that and then from your perspective as a coach, like how, how do you look at transitioning people back after a sort of a period like that? Is it sort of just assessing where they're at and then they either just roll back in
1: or you have to adapt? Yeah, so um well, well I spoke to her on the Wednesday. Um she they flew in on the Tuesday night, it was all good. Or it might have even been Thursday, I spoke to her, and um and then I yeah, I sent her some programs because she was going to do fit just get in the water for a couple of sessions uh, in Sydney and then uh, turn up for Monday in Canberra and uh, I would get a message um, when I woke up Friday morning, oh, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she was getting a bit better by the time she got here on Mon- uh, for Monday and so we've just gone pretty light. Yeah. Um, but the plan was to, to ease back into it. Um, yeah, with her history and stuff like that, uh, you got to take that into account. So, um, yeah, I think she went four k yesterday and she was three this morning, and so we'll just, I'll, I'll just ease her in and um, and build it through to Christmas. Um, but yeah, I'm catching up with her today. Go through a bit of that, but mostly debriefing off World Cup. So yeah see that
0: happen a lot, don't you? Um, <clears throat> I remember talking to a few of the swimmers after world champs and they'd gotten sick at the end of the week basically yeah. just as they'd, they'd gotten home. Is that just due to sort of the the overload of work through the week? Is it a, a build-up of stuff? What, what do you think is sort of the main cause for people? Because it, it obviously isn't random. It seems to happen quite a bit to these guys, yeah. thankfully for them, at the end of the week. So it's not, you know, luckily during the week where they've got to be performing. But... Is it just, yeah you know, the overload of work and, and stress yeah. on the body or...?
1: Well, it's the, it's the stress of the competition mentally. Um, physically, you know, it depends on how much you're racing, but, um, you yeah, know, these days with the amount of relays, there's quite a bit of racing. Um, so it's a, it's a mental stress. Um, you're probably not quite sleeping as well as, as you would be in your own bed um, and also, you know, you're competing at, you know, late at night uh, and then having to eat, you know, there's all those sorts of things that, you know, you don't do that when you, you know, if you want a good sleep, you don't eat, go out and go for a run um, at 9.30 at night and then come home and chow down some food and then expect to get to bed straight away. So there's all that, you know, they had good performances, bad performances, not sleeping as well. So sleep's got a lot to do with it. Uh, and then, you know, combine that, with you mixing with a lot of people who are sleep deprived. So there's a fair bit going on. Um, People are, that they're they're actually, they've got something and they don't know it yet, you know, um, for a couple of days. So, um, and I think, you know, Bronte was on the plane sitting beside Sean Champion and he was crook. So you sit beside someone for that amount of hours and, and you're, a bit, your immune system's a bit suppressed from, you know, three weeks of racing and all of that travel. That's what happens.
0: Yeah. You strike me as the type of guy that had asked to change seats or something if you heard a sniffle from someone next to you. You just <laughs> get a, Hey, is there any spare seats at the back? <laughs> Can we get this guy moved? I'm yeah. not moving. He's sick. He's the one that's sick. Get him out of here. <laughs> that's happened a few times to me. You just, you know, you're sitting somewhere or. And you just, or like I've had a hairdresser once, you're cutting my hair, and I can hear. I think, oh, oh no, this is. is
1: (laughs) You sit on a get on a plane, there's someone beside uh, behind you, and they're just sneezing. Yeah,
0: oh, 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 well, better that than the bloody the the kid behind you that's kicking your chair. Oh, Mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than that. Because, you know, do you say something? Do you not say something? Okay, I'm going to say something. Or well, how do you say it? Do you try and be nice about it?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, but then if you be nice and he keeps doing it, anyway, we've had that. We've had that before. Um, all right, we've got a bit on today, so let's get stuck into it and just um, there, there's been a fair few things, Shannon, that's come out this week, obviously, in the news around swimming, obviously, just in New South Wales, but also uh, around the traps. Um, so we're going to get stuck into it and have some some good conversation and hopefully um, stimulate people's minds in the car or listening into your headphones or wherever you're listening even if you're overseas everyone you know quite often the people that listen overseas um, can relate to a lot of these things you've all got your own Um, different systems and things like that. And um, certainly, hopefully, as I said, we can try and relate it back to you guys as well so you get something out of it. But, yeah, a few things coming up, and we're going to touch on it um, now. The other one we're going to get to is uh, talking about sprint training. Um, And um, Brett Hawke put something out this week about the sprint revolution, and I thought it was topical at least to, to cover that. And you're a man who's definitely done it at the very top level in sprinting. Um, And just so I thought it was a great chance to sort of get your thoughts on that sort of stuff as well. But we're going to kick off with uh, an article that came out and I'm going to just everyone indulge me for a moment. I was going to read. I'm going to try and read um, quickly so I don't put you all to sleep. Uh, but New South Wales Swimming's high performance training plans for Sutherland Leisure Centre. New South Wales uh, Swimming has proposed establishing a high-performance training centre at Sutherland Leisure Centre in preparation for 2024 and 2028, the Paris and Los Angeles Olympics and Paralympics. The organisation has handwritten uh, Sutherland Leisure Centre, advising the Shire uh, has been the centre has been identified as a potential preferred location for a performance hub. Now, I'm not going to bore you with the rest of it because we've already pretty much established what what we're getting uh, to there. Um, I, I guess Shannon, lots of questions from me outside of this, and again, I think um, I'm not blowing smoke up your backside, but you're uniquely qualified because you've been outside the box. I think sometimes people who are just within New South Wales uh, only can can honestly only know what they've been a part of. It's hard to know things that are outside of it, and you've been to Denmark and Edinburgh and come down from Queensland um you're down there in canberra that's a different culture in itself as well down in canberra so um I, I thought perfect timing to to touch base with you you mentioned that you had a chat with kirsten thompson as well um, for a couple of hours um so people can connect the dots there as well um question performance hubs how, how do they best work do you think there's no doubt around the world there's different performance hubs and we see up in queensland there's different ones that that are working really well there's reasons they work there's reasons some don't Uh, i don't necessarily think it comes down to the the coach itself or they're not doing a good job sometimes it's funding sometimes it's governance sometimes it's it's lots of different layers um as i said you can speak on it and i've got a few questions to come off the back of this but firstly um let's go back to the sutherland performance hub Good idea, bad idea?
1: Good idea. Yeah, I think, um, like you say, I've worked in a lot of, uh, you know, different environments. Um, so, uh, you know, from club, AIS, high-performance training centre in Denmark, um, back to club, you know, in Canberra, um, university in Edinburgh. Um which was basically like a high performance yeah. model um and then my current role in the act hub so um that again you know when we kicked off we had one swimmer you know uh it's not funded like a you know the queensland hub models which are funded you know largely by swimming qas i think a lot uh with their um, sports service providers and all that sort of stuff and then mm. and then we've got miss gina reinhardt up there giving some
0: cash now too
1: yeah so i don't know whether that's where that money goes whether it's just queensland <laughs> i think it is more of a queensland thing um but yeah they're, they're fully funded those those style programs so mine uh I wouldn't say it's fully funded you know like uh I certainly haven't got an assistant coach um yeah. so uh you know adam's programs more in line with uh at the sopac more in line with the queensland styles so i think you know the one in um the sutherlands needed uh just in that that area um and i think that's not to say you know sydney's had a problem for a long time in moving around mm. um and once the city gets to a certain size, I actually don't think it's conducive to high performance because of, of that inability to get around. It, and, you know, Brisbane, back when I was there at Chandler days, you could train anywhere you wanted. Yeah, Even back in the 90s, that probably wasn't doable in Sydney. So you got to live in the area. Um, and uh, I think for too long... Um, there was not enough change. The hub models uh, are required because of, of of the style of swimming now. You know, you the faster someone gets, the harder your job gets. Yeah. And if you look back, um, you know, if someone's saying, oh, well, you know, back in the day, well, you know, it's not to be dismissive of anyone in the past, but, you know, if you look at the 1984 Olympics, the technique's a lot different. The turns, you know, not much was going on with turns. You know, there was some people doing good turns and there were some pe- people that weren't doing good turns in Olympic finals, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, now, well, you can lo- lose a race, you know, on those sorts of things, as we all know. So, um, you know, the requirement, the technical skill is getting better and better, so you've got to make sure your environment is conducive to that. Um, You know, I get asked to do things, uh, I I have to say no, uh, because if I'm not on pool deck, I can't, you know, who's going to coach my swimmers? Mm. So that's the, the, the <coughs> downside of my program and, and um, uh, yeah, that's what I've said to Kirsten, you know, I think that needs to change if if uh, I'm going to be able to travel, um, you know, assuming Australia asked me to do something, I can't do it because, yeah, there's just not two of me. So if my program's to move forward, I, I'm going to need um, some sort of backfill type uh, or an assistant coach. The um, you know, your, your ratio on, on a team is one to four, it's not one to ten or you know, one to you know, what I mean, so we've got to think where do we want to get to, and have we got environments that are conducive to uh that performance? So, um, you know. When I, in the 90s at Chandler, I was, my senior guys, uh, age group senior slash seniors, you know, I was 27 to 30. Post-2000, I was around 16 because I was getting a bit of funding Mm. and I was able to not need to have those lanes full so, you know, I could be more selective. Um, So... You know, and if I was in a club program now it'd be even more so what what I think is best with the hubs is they need to sit on top of a program so you've got that um, pathway for the athletes got good education for coaches so you you have a head coach of a program but you know let's let's say you've got a Michael bowl in a hub program sitting on top of that club and you've got good mentoring Um on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. Um, I don't think schools work. I've never coached in a school system. I never will coach in a school system. (laughs) And 22 years ago, I said to Alex Bowman, I don't think this is good. Yeah. I probably could have said it a little bit better. (laughs) And to his credit, he didn't hold it against me. (laughs) Um, That's funny. But, you know, <clears throat> there'll be plenty of people that don't, you know, like that comment. Um, but, you know, if, in my eyes, if the school system worked, it wouldn't be a problem in Sydney or New South Wales, would there? Because there's been school systems for yonks. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't see how they can, well, they would have just worked if yeah, yeah they've had long enough. Got a couple
0: um, of questions, Shannon, <clears throat> just to go back and unpack. Um, and you mentioned there that the performance hubs work better when they sit sort of on top of a, uh, a underlying sort of um, junior program building up and going through. Yeah. Do you think that the the performance squad that sits on top of it needs to be predominantly from that area and that squad as well? Like, do you think it works? Like, we've seen hubs here in the past where we kind of put it and then we drop in about three or four athletes that are not from here that haven't been in the area and and all of a sudden you know they don't like the travel they don't like the hustle and bustle then all of a sudden it doesn't really work that hub because it kind of folds over and then do you know what i mean like i've we've seen it before where like i'm with you i I think it's got to have a a a junior base and, and a pathway and a system but do you think, and obviously in its initial stages it would be hard to do that maybe at Sutherland because I don't know how many of the the swimmers coming through are at that level just yet, but do you think that's something like a, an important part of it that you've got to <clears throat> have them coming through so they're, they're people that are within the area or sort, sort, of, sort of within the area? Because we've seen in the past, as I said, you kind of drop. I mean, I'm going back to um, when Libby and Jeff Hugel and and Grant Stolwinder was the coach and they they did a bit of that. And and that worked well for a little period, but it doesn't seem sustainable. Like <clears throat> I guess if we're looking at something that's gonna be sustainable, is it important that there's there's growth from within? Because then the, the people within that environment um, are used to the area, if that makes sense. Cause I don't know too many people that come down from Queensland that end up loving being here and staying here they end up going oh the hustle and bustle there's too much travel there's too much this and and back out
1: they go yeah there definitely needs to be a link um with uh with the area um yeah if you look at my program it's like half canberra swimmers half country new south wales yeah um one one sydney swimmer or two now with bronte she's been living in sydney for long enough um the uh so i think there definitely needs to be a link i think there have been mistakes in the past when that that hasn't happened and um and a, a lot of the times it hasn't happened because people roll out uh something but they don't want to upset too many people mm. so they don't roll out everything they want they just roll out what they think they can get through yeah. and then it's a compromise and bill sweetnam said this to me and many of coach of my uh, era uh, and never a truer word's been spoken to, to do with high performance. Compromise will bite you on the bum. Mm. That wasn't his exact last word. But. <laughs> and you go, oh, yeah, yeah. And then you compromise and it bites you and it bites you quickly.
0: Yeah,
1: And, you know, a lot of people talk about high performance they think they know it. In my in my uh, experience, no, mm-hmm. not a, not that many people. Even if they they're working in it, they don't truly understand it. And you know, if there'll there'll, there'll be coaches that are upset with another. You know, they probably upset that you know my program exists. Whatever, that's a good thing. If you're upset. Do a better job. Yeah. There's, there's two ways you, you can yeah you know, walk out of the uh, meeting I had with Alex Bowman in 2001, and when I'm gonna effing show that <laughs> effing yeah. you know, and yeah. I just coached better, or you can walk out crying. Yeah. Which coach are you going to be? Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> you know, Don Talbot would say things to you, and there was two reactions. And he would say things and he wanted to see what the reaction was. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And if you reacted the way he wanted, you, you got a ticket. Yeah. You know, it was a test. Fat cats don't fight. Yeah. You know? You're saying that to me?
0: <laughs> I'm saying it to. How to dare whoever. you? Whoever. I come on here to be fat
1: shamed by you. <laughs> you know, whoever yeah. Whoever is. Fit, the street is. <laughs> yeah. Um, And, you know, the other thing about hub programs is it's a pathway for athletes, but it's a pathway for coaches. Yeah. You know, if they weren't there, what would be the pinnacle? Your school programs in in New South Wales or wherever, Queensland. You know, I'm a big believer in clubs, all right, because the club system and the hub system is about, Swimming Australia and New South Wales swimming or Queensland swimming, wherever you are, the school system isn't. School system is about the school system, and that's that's my beef with those. So they can't be the pinnacle jobs. Yeah, pinnacle jobs need to be about international swimming, and coaches should be going. I oh, that's I want to get there. And we need more better pathways for coaches. Um, and if you don't want to go there and, and work in that environment, that's fine. But there needs to be pathways for other people that do. Yeah, I've often wondered, um, and you
0: know, and we, we both know many coaches and I know many that are within the you know, private school system and stuff like that, and I've often um, wondered how hard it is for them to juggle because I, I know that in their mind, they want to have kids ready for nationals and all these other things and go on teams. And that's, that's where their mindset is at. But they have to be kind of programmed to do really well for the school because that's where the funding comes from and exactly. all the accolades and all that sort of stuff. So it's not so much the coaches themselves. They've, you know, more often than not, they've got their minds really set on, 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 you know, the systems you're talking about but they've kind of got to work within this school system as well which you know is it must be a hard balance i I can't imagine trying to juggle all right we've got to get them right up for here and have them going really fast but then we've got to get them right up again for here and going really fast and Mm. uh it'd be certainly a juggle um another thing i want to quickly ask on and touch on
1: well people are in those jobs because they pay big money don't they yeah I've heard recently some of the the figures up in Queensland. It's just my jaw dropped. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot, like a lot of things these days, we've got athletes like this. Everyone wants their cake and they want to eat it too and they want that and they want this and, you know, we can't have everything. Yeah. Got to make decisions.
0: Yeah. Uh, my question was going to be, mate, around, you know, we, we're talking still just on this performance hub part of it, um, and I was saying to you before we started just reading this, it read more of more of a head coach than a performance coach because it was sort of someone looking in, across the board and it says there's going to be an assistant coach. But what what often happens is <clears throat> the performance coach then starts to have to go on all these trips that we've talked about on here on the podcast before and and that was i it was eye-opening that chat for me because you kind of opened my brain to realize oh actually there's i was quite naive in terms of thinking oh i could just get to the top because then who looks after your program underneath and then you're not at home and is it not a little bit similar here in terms of <clears throat> you're going to get a performance coach on on any hubs so i'm not just talking on i'm not sure can the sutherland one
1: yeah yeah
0: <clears throat> i'm talking on just in general but then essentially really your head coach is going to be your assistant coach because the performance coach if the program's going well is more often than not on trips and flying here and getting around and doing all the other things so yeah. is that something to like, is that i don't know is that good is that but would, would, Is that i don't know how that
1: works well you're going to need a really good uh age group coach perform um head coach whatever um what i envisage from just reading it um was, yeah, you know, Kirsten didn't come to Canberra to talk to me about that, but I asked her a few questions about it.
0: Yeah, um, I only alluded to it just for the just for clickbait, mate. Just yeah. for clickbait, just for people to go, oh, did you hear that? Did
1: you hear that? Um, <laughs> but you know, there'll be a, a lot of mentoring in that role, so they're, they're going to want someone really good. Yeah. Um, the timing is not great, but there's reasons behind that, and I'm pretty sure that. Um, a start date for the right person to be negotiable. Um, the But it'll be a, a trickle-down effect, so there'll be a good education piece to it. Um, but that person who's sitting under the um, this role is going to need to be good. And regardless of whether they're in Sutherland or, or wherever, you know, um, you're you're only as good as your weakest link, aren't you? And you'd know that in, with your own business. You need good junior coaches. You need good age group coach. You need so when you do go away, everything's still humming. Mm. Yeah, no, it's
0: it's going to be interesting. It's an exciting time um, in terms of progression and and looking outside the box. I'm always. Um, I wouldn't say skeptical. I was just reserve my judgment and just see how things go, rather than jump out of the box and have a, a say on things straight away. Um, just uh, FYI, this was all very potential as well. That's the only thing I didn't really like, Shannon, about this newsletter is is it was all potential and we're proposing and this might happen, this might happen. It just sounded like a bit of a puff piece to me. Like I, isn't probably... the newspaper
1: I read it the other? Yeah, uh, it's
0: in the newspaper, but it's yeah. just saying proposed and this might happen, and they're going to try and do this and says uh let's see we approach a university for partner like so have we done that yet like i don't know if i'm going to put something out there i want to put it out that this is happening hey guys look what we've done i don't know that's just my just sort of look like a bit of a puff piece to me i like the idea of it i would have just waited till things were done if that makes
1: sense ah yeah well laura laura sent me the article that was in a newspaper somewhere so
0: yeah that's in the newspaper but that's what i mean it's it just keeps saying proposed and we're yeah. proposing this and yeah, it's it's good ideas i like it but i like is it going to happen i've been around too long now to know that there's lots of ideas and there's lots of proposals i'm assuming you've had many conversations and coffees about ideas and proposals that you get well there's another one that didn't happen so no i think this will happen so. all right so love, well, that's again. this must have been a good coffee. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get to the next uh, piece of business today. Um, now, I, I mentioned earlier that um, uh, just coming across Brett Hawke's um, page earlier this week, and he had screenshotted um, something that obviously had been circulated out to the coaches, Shannon on on email. Um, about the uh, talent ID camps and having to do the 2K time trial um, before the commencement of a camp that's just happened. Um, and and his quote was, uh, looks like Australia's talent identification program continues to run off the survival of the fittest. We still ridicule what we don't understand. The sprint revolution is happening. These old ideas will be torn down if it's the last thing I do. So... Um, I guess, Shannon, my question to this is, and bringing this up, is not to say whether Brett's right or wrong. Um, I mean, everyone can have their own opinions on that. I guess that's why Brett puts it out there because that's his opinion so and he's entitled to it. Um, for me personally, I wanted to get your take on it because you've had some great success in in sprinting uh, and here in Australia and um you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure we did pretty well at the last World Champs in sprint events, and so <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. I don't think Swimming Australia was, was doing that bad and continuing to develop and produce talent. But, yeah, my question more to you was, um, Do you uh, is there a part of what Brett's put there that that you agree with? Is there a place for the 2K time trial still? Is there a way to do it? uh in different ways and differentiate between like should we put in? and i and i get that like there's you know there's two sides to every story so i certainly get the not need to be having certain swimmers you know get thrown up and down for a 2k for time what's your thoughts on firstly just sort of that blanket statement and then the 2k time trial um yeah well the 2k has been around for a long time
1: um and so uh sprinting in this country has been good for a long time <laughs> mm. <laughs> so um uh you know we're probably coming up to about 25 years now <laughs> uh getting close to it anyway so <laughs> you know um I I've used it a lot um I haven't used it since um you know why do you use the 2k for time um the yeah why do you use any set so you've got to have a a reason behind. Um, and as, as a prominent sports scientist said to me when I was cruising them a couple of years ago. Um, and he said, Well, any set's good as long as you it all depends on your reasoning behind it. What's your outcome? What's your objective? What are you trying to achieve? Mm. So um, you know, I I was doing 2K for times. Um, I think the last time I probably did it would have been in Edinburgh. I, I did it with um when I was in uh, Denmark uh, with Rega, Janetta, or the, the whole lot of them, I used to go 3K with Pal, uh, Johansen, the 1500-meter boy yes. um, from the Faroes. He was like 33 minutes for his 3K. Um, Penilla Bloom, um, she went under 24 minutes. It's pretty quick. Uh, that's before anyone knew who Penilla Bloom was. So, mm-hmm. uh you know and in that Olympiad she won the 53. So <laughs> um so um you know Jody did them Alice did them uh, but there's other other ways to do it as well. So yeah. and I've talked about this a hell of a lot um I use the old doc councilman uh five ones test mm-hmm. right so that's uh, um you know my current group that's what they do um they uh they do a good job you know it's like any test they're normally pretty hard and you can't just keep throwing the same thing at people you know everyone yeah you know, human nature a test is only as good as as the application yeah, from yeah. the people that are doing it you know um just like any set is only as good as the people who are doing it so uh but the the doc councilman one i like I prefer it um, because it's all over in seven minutes. So, um, uh, so, and, 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 you know, I'm looking for uh, my A2 speed. Um, and when I was doing the 2K for time, you know, it had to be done evenly, evenly swum. Uh, and, I, again, I was looking for A2 speed then. So, you know, one of the things, um, you know, we did the, five you know people argue about is it five 200 step tests? is it seven 200 step test <laughs> uh then you've got the yarn all brick test um the five uh the five ones that that I'm doing the doc councilman one um and the 2K and it's funny um Matt trodden from Edinburgh um looked at he, he gave because I never did the, I've never done the yarn all brick one but he he used to do that sort of stuff, and when he took over my guys uh, from when I let, came back to Australia, he gave them the Jan Albrecht test, and the result came out the same. Okay, you know, yeah, A two speed. So, you know, I, I think if it's a decent test and it gets to your A two speed, whether it's which yeah, pick your poison and you're going to come up with a pretty similar result. So um, whatever your preference is. So, Yeah, well, I
0: I guess that's the point of bringing this up too is, as I said, not to say whether Brett's right or wrong. It's more just to provoke that conversation of, is there different ways to do it and, could we be differentiating? Um, I'm assuming he's talking more about the the sprinters and the fifty meter sprinters and stuff like that, and in there and their need to do you know two K's and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, your five ones certainly would still sort those guys out. Yeah. So,
1: you know, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, my philosophy is, is is training in the right zones so that you can get up and sprint and. Um, you know, I spent the first two months with Brondie Campbell telling her to slow down. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she's going, oh, but it's so easy. It's such so, a slow time. I'm, yeah. And it's still too hard for you. So, Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, if you understand, um, you know, and you've got your week plan and you go, all right, we want to do this on Wednesday, I got to make sure on Tuesday morning or Monday afternoon I'm not doing something that's going to take away those that sort of discussion and thought process and all of that is I think is more important than whether you're doing a two K five ones yarn all brick seven twos blah 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 blah. Yeah, I um.
0: Uh, yeah and i guess the other reason to to bring that sort of stuff up too is and we're talking about as i said in there the sprint revolution for me um a lot of the listeners to our podcast and a lot of the people that are consuming even brett's product are not high elite performance coaches they're age group coaches they're development coaches Mm -hmm. is it important do you think for people to still understand that there's there's still very much our capacities to be building and developing like there's no doubt you know we'll touch on Cam McAvoy if we want because he's the 50 meter world champion at the moment um, <clears throat> there's no doubt that when he was younger he would have been building his aerobic capacities and I doubt he just had a the Destro machine when he was 12 and you know got bashed up you know doing fast stuff and uh, all race pace type uh, training so that's more <clears throat> for me bringing it up and, and i guess you can speak on it better than me because even though you've been at a performance level you've developed swimmers as well um it's important to still remember that isn't it that yes that's working for these guys now at 30 and and older and obviously very fast switch fiber yeah uh dominated athletes um but not necessarily like don't get me wrong be inventive be uh come at, get ideas out of the box and and be creative with your training because, yeah, they, you know, he's not wrong in that. Though. There's nothing more boring than just bashing the kids up and down the pool all week and expecting them to like it just because. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, there's still a place to be developing aerobic capacities for these uh, junior
1: athletes coming through. Yeah, that's right. Aerobic capacity, you know, not anaerobic capacity or um, or probably what I always bang on about is Not thinking you're doing aerobic you end up in threshold you know so um but you know like bronte's in 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 my program there's no way i'm putting my daughter with bronte you know (laughs) like my daughter's 16 and has had a um you know uh, a gentle uh, training overload over the last four years you know uh her capacities have still got to be developed um And then you've got an athlete. A lot of the times with Bronte, it's all about injury prevention and things like that. And you know, or and she's, you know, she's 29. She doesn't like she can ignite the fire like that. Her lactate can go boom, like <laughs> dry reaching in the side of the pool after tooth, you know, whereas someone else would be totally different. So you know, the key to coaching is doing the right thing at the right time in the week, over the season and over someone's career, you know. Um, and, you know, I I certainly, I was saying this to Kirsten just yesterday, I I don't want to take on an athlete that's been beaten and bashed to death, you know, because it takes so long to get them... To undo bad work, you know. So, um, but yeah, you your point about Cam McAvoy, everyone will be out to hear what he's doing now. But you got to remember where he's come from. Mm. I mean, yeah, Richard did a great job with him. Who was who did Richard learn under Doug Frost? Ah, well, (laughs) I'm sure they weren't just doing fifteen meter power racks or or something, you know, at the age of thirteen. So I always remember I had to do a talk on on my Athens um, preparation, and um, Pat from Illawarra he was down a couple of weeks ago, and he brought he brought that up, you know that he he was some of the sets that I'd put up there and that, but you know when I did that presentation, you know Jody was just turned. Uh, 21. Uh, Alice was 17. You, my presentation should have been, like, like for some people, it was applicable mm. if you had that type of athlete at yes. that age. But what I really, Aska really should have got me to talk about to the majority of the people that were in that room was what was I doing when they were 14 and 15? Alice was 11 when I started coaching. What, what, what did that pathway for those two look like?
0: yeah
1: you know? um so and, and you know like i mentioned Penilla you know uh if Panilla was still swimming today we we wouldn't be doing 2k for time but it was applicable for her back in 2013 mm-hmm. 2014 when she um yeah and, and we did like i think we did three of them over a two-year period you know
0: yeah so. It's funny you say uh, I can't imagine Doug doing those sets cuz I I remember um Jaco was doing a talk at a conference talking about I'm pretty sure it was anaerobic capacity or and uh, he said does anyone want to like uh, has anyone got a different theory on uh, the my anaerobic and then Doug was in the room and yeah this is what I think and then, <laughs> and it was interesting and anyone listening that was in the room uh would have just been sitting there you know with popcorn um, because they were basically challenging each other, because it was the old stalwarts too of you know who they were yeah. coaching at the time, and both had their their successes, so they will both right in their own way. But it's yeah. interesting how different they were both <laughs> thinking and coming at things um, from that perspective, and it brings me to my next question, then Shannon, because you know if we're talking, there's no doubt what Brett's talking about and what other sw- swimmers and what Cam's doing. There's a place for it. There is definitely a place for it. When is that? appropriate place I, I guess it's all very individual i get that but w- what markers are you looking at in terms of uh, identifying okay this this athlete now is is basically we need to just take it nice and easy long and cruisy or short and fast that's about all they need to be doing um well
1: you got to balance in your program so so you know um uh bronte's 29 she's still gonna to have to do some work you know she, she she was out of the sport for two years yeah um so she's she's not just you know floating up and down the pool um and but that's all the art of coaching isn't it and that's what makes coaching fun mm. is um you know there's not one way you just mentioned uh you know Ian and and Peter they met there was a 200 400 guy who you know who raced the hundred a little bit there was a 150 100 200 guy they met in the middle they came from different ways there's you know as Ken Woods used to say there's many ways to skin a cat mm-hmm. but it's being able to work out what works best for the person in front of you you know so um yeah I, I, I said this yesterday you know you know if if I, I said to Kirsten, if I was coaching you, I wouldn't just go. Oh, well, Jody Henry did this set, so you're going to do this set. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's just not how it works. You know, you can use the experience of I could use the experience of coaching Jody Henry, but I've got to be able to work out how to get the Kirsten Thompson, um, you know, formula going. And that's where, yeah, you really see uh, a coach's worth when they can turn someone around, you know. When someone's going good, you know, that's a, that's a lot easier than when someone's pointing in the wrong direction, going the, the wrong way, and, you know, you really earn your money um, working that out because there's no one, you know, everyone's just so individual, you know, so... um And then the other thing with sets is you could have a great set, but if you do it till the cows come home, like I said before, people get bored, you know, the human nature of it. So there's that element as well. So you've got to be able to change things up. You've got to be able to want what is the outcome that I'm after and how do I do it differently but still get the same outcome that I'm after. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it, it, it's an interesting one and,
0: and as I said, that's why uh, I brought it up today because as a blanket statement, obviously um, that post probably would have ruffled a few feathers but what I, what I'm assuming he wanted to do as well was create some conversation which it certainly has and we're, we're talking about it today as well uh which is only a good thing i think um challenging people's thoughts and processes and all that sort of stuff as you said even just going back to the hubs is a is a good thing if you're getting challenged to think more and um you know it might just be justifying your own thoughts and and sort of solidifying that and then you're going right sweet yeah all right that that sounds good it works good go with that yeah because a lot of the time people get challenged and they they don't have the the comeback it's Oh, we we do it co- because we we've always done it. Well, what yeah. does that mean? Uh, well, just just what we, we do. You know what I mean? So, I don't mind being questioned in, in things, and I guess in in again in his way with that post, it's questioning: is there different ways to do it? If people come out and go, no, we're doing it for X, Y, and Z, and that holds up. Well, then, sweet, it, it is what it is. Yeah. The
1: um, yeah, you, you should to always um, you go get all the facts. You got to look at. You got to know the history of the athlete. Um, you know, when I went into Denmark, I was more blindfolded than I've ever, ever been, Uh and I quickly worked out that I didn't know what these people had done and yeah. I you know, in the past because just because I hadn't been on the ground there. You know, Um if you're going to take on one of my swimmers you, it's pretty, here in Australia, you're going to know you know, because you've been around, you've seen or you've heard or, you know, so what I, you know, and and the same with even with Bronte and I spoke to Simon a lot, you got to know what the athlete's done in their background. you got to know the history before you make the decision of where you're going to take them, Mm -hmm. you know, what path you're going to go down. So you've got to have all the facts, as as much information as you can, and that will help you make the right uh, decision going
0: forward so um yeah no it's good advice and I, I think the other thing that i i try to do here on the podcast with you and when we do off the blocks is um just again keep reminding people that a lot of the times these conversations that we've had and a lot of the conferences you go to and you mentioned it before is all about the high performance oh they wanted to know what jody and alice were doing at the top end what they should have been asking was how we develop them and i think that's again why i bring up that quote about the sprint revolution and that sort of stuff is because i think sometimes people can get enamored with this idea of coaching at that higher level that they forget that there's a lot of development and work and hard bloody work that goes into getting to that point everyone wants the bickies at the top but there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, slugging away and and
1: different thought process that goes through, right? Oh, absolutely. And you know, we because we, we work in meters and kilometers and volume and that. You know, like I remember when I was at aos saying to my, you know, we were doing uh, there was a certain period where we were trying to hit two hundred kilometers per month. Mm-hmm. Now that sounds oh, 50K. Yeah. But when you look at, when you've got a, a season, it's quite, it's actually quite difficult. There's not that many months that are free of competitions, travel, illness, yep. uh, injury. And, you know, we were trying to hit three 50, uh, 200 kilometer months in a row. And, um, and I, I did this for, the 2008 to 2012 period um and uh john Fowley, you know he was you know we were looking at all this sort of stuff anyway um but my, my point was you know if say you only hit 160 for that month or 170 30 kilometers or 40 kilometers we just sort of raffle it off that we? oh it's only 10k a week yeah. It's a long way you put that in a line that's a long way to swim yeah, in a yeah. month and then you do three of them that's 120k 120k jeez I, I could be here in canberra and i'd be past golden mm. you know when we're listening to people coaching or or uh, you know someone like kate campbell or or um, uh, and they're you know 29 30 years of age, and they're saying, This is what I'm doing. Think about for a sec how long they've been swimming, yeah. And you know, if you've got a 15 16 year old that you're coaching, so that's 13 12 13 years of swimming. Mm. I mean, you know. Someone better than me can do the maths quickly than <laughs> that. Yeah. That is a Shannon's long tapped one. out on the calculator. He's not you know doing the mean? maths anymore. Yeah. So and the the level that they're at is it's just night and day. So looking at what they're doing and then going, oh, I'm going to give that to my 14 year old or 15 year old. Really, I just I just don't see how that's going to work. Mm. You know, what are you going to do with that 14, 15-year-old when they're 22? Well, you've already done this. Now what are you going to do? You've you've played all your chips. Yeah. No, it's a very good point, mate. It's a
0: very good point. As I said, yeah, I, I, I like playing devil's advocate on this show and just giving people both sides of things. It's not necessarily disagreeing. There's a lot of things that you know, Brett says that I agree with, or other people say it's not just Brett saying there's lots of other people out there looking at different models and there's elements of things I agree with and and I think, yeah, that works for that guy and that works for that girl, but it doesn't really work for everyone. So no. and as you said, that then becomes the art of coaching. How can you have, you know, twenty-five swimmers in a in a doing a set, but maybe have two or three different groups within that set doing two or three different things. Yeah, and, exactly. Training different ways.
1: The, the thing that I, you know, don't like in our profession is that coaches, uh, and I've heard this, you know, forever, Um, they're all going it, my way or this way is the way. Mm. And, and th- there is no one way. But whatever the coach, whichever side of the fence they're sitting on, they get really angst about if someone's done it a different way. You know, like back when back in you know the reverse periodization days in Chandler and that, oh <laughs> it was you know, I think I've said it before here, it was like I was, you know, the antichrist. So yeah. um but you know the the longer I've coached it's just there's just different ways and it's you're going to have athletes within your program that are going to be more suited to different ways as well so and get, get gets back to the hub program you know you, you're in a hub program what i think there shouldn't be just every yeah say there's 8 or 10 or 12 people in that program all doing the same thing. That's, a hub program shouldn't look like that because the whole point of a hub program is is getting more focused and narrowing down and, and giving what people within that program need. Yeah. And that's what a hub program should look like, you know. So yesterday afternoon I had four different main sets going, you know. Um, but in a club program you can't do that because of space, numbers of the water and all that sort of stuff. So that gets back to, do we need hub programs? Yes, we do need hub programs, you know. Uh, a 22-year-old's going to be able to train with 15-year-olds? Sometimes, but not really. Mm. You know? Yeah, one of the biggest things I, I get parents wanting their kids to be in, you know, and, and it, it's happened, it happens every year, Bronte Campbell's coming into the program, they want their 15-year-old kid in training with Bronte Campbell. That ain't happening. <laughs> the yeah. moment they say it, it's like, no, far wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the last thing you would want is a 15-year-old swimming just up and down with Bronte, you know. So but that just goes back to, you know, People just thinking it doesn't matter what they're doing as long as they're in there training with yeah. So so that gets, I suppose that loops us all the way back around to a hub program. Do we need hub programs? Yeah, we do. Yeah. That the very reason what we've just talked about, um you you know, the flexibility that's required when you're coaching older athletes. Yeah, you know, years ago, an older athlete was 20, 21 now we're dealing with people that are
0: 28 29 30 you know mm. so yeah no absolutely mate and and it gives flexibility as you said it gives um that option that not everyone's a sprinter as well that's you know i, I always you know think in terms of you know breaststrokers are born it's really hard to just create a breaststroker like a genuine <laughs> breaststroker you can and I'm, and you're a great breaststroke coach so i'm sure you can grab a decent breaststroker and make them a bit better but are they ever going to be as good as that naturally gifted yeah. does that make sense and i think sprinting is very much the same and especially here in australia sometimes you know this there's, there's far more sort of middle distance and distance swimmers than genuine out and out sprint beasts do you know what i mean so yeah. i always think those hubs as you said gives that opportunity to to differentiate and, and give different chance yeah but I agree. I agree. It's just the setup. And I'll come back to that again when we talk about the hub, just how does it get set up and what's the foundations it's on and all that sort of stuff. I think in principle you're absolutely right. It's just for whatever reason we've sometimes lacked that um, application and and getting it all in and getting it right. So um, Kirsten's doing a great job and I have no doubt that she'll be really looking at that and making sure that the foundations are there as well so it doesn't topple over at the top. Um, I'm glad we touched on the Sprint Revolution stuff as well because I think that's, as I said, topical. No doubt people read that um, post and people would have went, yeah, absolutely right, and other people would have went, what the, f-? and at least it started conversations. And as I said, um, I've always been of the belief, and you touched on it then as well just before, that um, there is many ways to skin a cat, whether you agree or disagree. For a certain period of time in certain swimmers' careers, it, that some of that stuff is going to work. So um, it, it's not necessarily agreeing or disagreeing. It's just when do you apply it, who does it get applied to, and as I said, it's great. Uh, conversation startup. so I'm glad we did it, mate. Uh, I think that's about it. I think we'd, we've touched on enough without getting ourselves in trouble um <laughs> that's I know, well, who knows sometimes I say things and then I tell my wife I've said it she goes he didn't say that on the on the show I said yeah she goes oh, oh no who knows you have you ever had that well you definitely would have had that <laughs> look you definitely would have had moments where you walk away thinking oh, did, I, did I should I have said that oh well it's out there now <laughs> <laughs> oh well I always think it's better to let people know what's going on in your brain, eh? At least everyone knows where they stand.
1: Well, I like different opinions. Yeah. Yeah? If I'm going to be in a paddock, I don't want to be in a paddock full of sheep. Yeah. So, you know, much more exciting to be in there with the tigers and the lions. (laughs) Certainly (laughs) keeps you on your feet, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) All right, mate, that'll do it for this week. Thank you to all the listeners again for for. Um, joining us this week and as I said hopefully we do have a lot of people listening from over in the UK and in America and I know sometimes we get very sort of Australian heavy and dominated with New South Wales stuff and things like that but definitely there's no doubt there's ways to relate that to what you guys are having in your own programs and systems and um, everyone's got their own hubs and models over there um, and and certainly in terms of that sprint um, focus that we just talked about. There's it doesn't matter what quarter of the planet you're on, that's a conversation that you're, you're definitely talking about. So hopefully you yeah. guys got something
1: from it. And look, you know, our, our there was always a problem getting, where were we going to get an athlete from when we were at the AOS? And, and you know, we had proper scholarships, you know, where you were fully funding and, and all that, and we still had problems getting people. Mm. Um but, you, you know, and you sort of bog down, you think, oh, you know, it's a Canberra problem or whatever, blah, blah, blah. We're in, I, was in, we're, I was in Copenhagen and I still had the same problem, you know, one of yeah. the best cities in the world. And it was a problem before I got there. It was a problem when I was there. It was a pro- it's still a problem now, yeah. you know, that feeder system all around, you know, the, whether it's the UK, same problem, just different place, you know, yeah. Um, and and everyone's reactions and there's people for them and there's in Denmark there was people against them and the UK you know with Loughborough and oh yeah <laughs> the good thing was you know I remember thinking oh well it wasn't just the AIS Canberra problem <laughs> everyone said oh no one wants to train there yeah you can have it in the you know in the Bahamas I reckon and you'd still have people I. Uh, problems getting them there you know
0: yeah so. yeah, yeah. Got to travel too far it's too hot it's too yeah. hot here it's too hot um <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> i just feel too relaxed you know i just feel too relaxed i want to be a little bit more yeah um, no you're right and that's yeah as i said we, we do i think sometimes you know obviously the the things that come across shannon and i's um Desk or phones and things like that are obviously, uh, surrounded around New South Wales and swimming Australia, but there's no doubt. Yeah. You can apply that to, to your, um, environment, wherever you're listening in the world right now, which sometimes is crazy, Shannon, to hear that someone's, you know, going for a walk over in, in England, listening to my voice. That's quite, I, I never know what happens once it leaves here, to be honest. So when, when you hear things like that, I always think, oh. Oh, shit, we have gone that far. That's really good. So there are people that listen from many corners of the world. So thank you very much to the listeners. We do appreciate uh, you listening in each and every week. Um, and for this week, it's all over. So thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Shannon, you
1: enjoy yourself. You too, Robbie. Thanks for another uh, good session. Yeah, and you and care. your
0: haircut. Try and stay out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> You've inspired me, though. I need to go. I'm going to go see my barber this week. I need to. It needs to happen. I'm starting to look homeless again. Um, all right, guys. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you all next week. See you, everyone. Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you as always by Pro Swim Workouts. Nico and the team at Pro Swim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming, in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to ProSumWorkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to proswimworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you.